What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode Number 65. So we're officially in October here, and we're we're rounding the end here. Next week's episode will not only be the last two artists and last episode in the 90s and of Season 2 overall, but will also be our last episode before we take just over a one-year break. So very, very close to the end of Season 2, the 90s here. So on today's episode, we will be covering two of the last three remaining Wu-Tang members we have left in Inspector Deck and You God. So again, not to beat a dead horse, but in general, you're going to get the same opinions and expectations from me as I've always had with most other Wu members, although this one should be slightly different. So... As I've stated many times before, I was never the biggest Wu-Tang fan, especially not considering that I grew up in Staten Island. I've also stated that I never really had very much of their solo material. I definitely had one or two Wu-Tang albums, one Meth album, um, one ODB album, one Ghostface album, uh, maybe one or two RZA albums, and one You God album. And this is not to shit on any of them or Wu-Tang in general. But none of those albums ever made me go out and cop a second album from any of those artists. Again, that's not to say that I hated those albums. ODB's sophomore album is one of my all-time faves, and the Meth album I also loved. Ghost and You God, not really so much, but Deck, Raekwon, Master Killer, Capadonna, Jizza, all of them, I never had any of their albums, and like I said, even the people who I did have solo albums, it was really only just one of them. Now that being said, even though my knowledge on Inspected Deck was very limited, his verse alone on Triumph led me to believe that Deck was probably one of the most skilled Wu-Tang members, and I expected him to finish as not only one of their top guys, but one of the best rappers to come from Staten Island, period. That's a pretty bold prediction just based off of one verse, but there was something about that verse that struck me as next level, especially in comparison to the rest of Wu-Tang. Now, time has shown that I've been dead wrong about the rest of Wu-Tang for the most part, so maybe I'll be dead wrong again here, but with very limited amount of knowledge, I expected Deck to be both a top three Wu-Tang member and a top three Staten Island rapper overall. As far as You God is concerned, like I said, I did have one of his albums that I rocked out to with my man Pete Man, so shoutouts to Pete Man, huge Wu-Tang fan, but... To be completely honest with you, I didn't even remember having the album until I listened to it in the study and then some memories were immediately sparked. So, yeah, I couldn't have thought that highly of it considering the fact that I didn't even ever remember that I had it until I re-listened to it. As for what I expected from You God, at the start of the study, I expected You God to finish near the bottom for Wu-Tang. And again, I didn't have Wu-Tang finishing that high in general, so I definitely expected a bottom half finish for You God, but... As I started going through some of the Wu-Tang albums, there were definitely some verses he killed, and I was like, oh, okay, like, maybe You God is a sleeper, so I was kind of torn, but gonna stick with my prediction of a bottom half finish for You God here today, and like I said, I've been dead wrong about most of the Wu-Tang members thus far, so let's see if that trend continues here today. 
Both of these artists had their debut albums out in 1999, but Deck was out first, so we'll start off with him. His birth name is Jason Richard Hunter, also known as Raleigh Fingers, Fifth Brother, and Rebel INS. Born July 6, 1970 in New York City, New York, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1992 to present. So, Rolly Fingers is an absolutely, amazingly hilarious alias, so... <laughs> I love that right there, but... Other than that, I don't see anything too out of the ordinary there, so let's check out some more background information on Inspector Deck and see what we can dig up. Jason Richard Hunter, born July 6, 1970, better known by his stage name Inspector Deck, is an American rapper, producer, and actor. He is a member of the groups Wu-Tang Clan and Zarface. He grew up in Staten Island. Hunter routinely mentions the Park Hill projects in Clifton, Staten Island, where he grew up and went to school with the future Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer, and Remedy. He has acquired critical praise for his intricate lyricism and for his verse on many of the group's most revered songs. He has grown to become a producer in his own right, taking up tracks for fellow Wu rappers and his own projects. So, again, not too much there for Deck, but we do see Park Hill and Clifton mentioned in there where I lived for years, so... Like I said, this stuff all hits very close to home for me, but as far as there not being too much there on deck, quite honestly, I'm not overly surprised by this. Inspector Deck is not only probably one of the least popular Wu-Tang members, but in my opinion, heading into this study, probably the most slept on. I was always hearing about Method Man, Raekwon, and Ghostface the most, but then after that, it was ODB and RZA. Deck, Ugod, and Capadonna were always, for some reason, the last mentioned. And I want to be clear, this is not something that I'm making up and saying that, to me, he was one of the bottom members. That's not at all what I'm saying. I grew up right near these guys and was 9 through 16 through their 90s dominance. So this was real-life experience that was going on, for whatever reason, in their hometown of Staten Island. That's how the popularity of these guys went from other people that I constantly had bringing these Wu-Tang guys up to me. So we'll have to see if any of these things have a major effect on Deck's overall placement. But before that, let's check out what I wrote down on Inspector Deck. Even though I wasn't the biggest Wu-Tang fan in Staten Island, I had heard Triumph and I felt Deck's verse on that song was enough in itself to convince me he was going to have a strong finish in this study. Although there were some times where he did miss some opportunities clearly, he was tremendous with multisyllabic rhymes and using different rhyme schemes consistently. While he did take shortcuts sometimes, he was great at keeping a topic and definitely had some dope lines, finishing him as a very good lyricist overall. What I certainly was not expecting was that Inspected Deck qualified 19 albums for scoring. Five solo, six with Wu-Tang, and eight with group Zarface in conjunction with 7L and Esoteric. Amazingly enough, five of those 19 were classics, another six were borderline classics, three were great, and the remaining five were good. One could make the case that through a 19-album catalog, over 50% of it is classic material, which is insane. Of his 188 registered songs, 37 were great, none were weak, and another 104 were good. That makes 75% of Deck's songs good or better. While the Rebel INS was not the most popular or commercially successful member in Wu-Tang, he still was an original nine member of one of the most impactful groups in hip-hop history. We also have to keep in mind that so far, he only seems to have directly influenced cannabis. 
Deck was a prime example of how a group with nine members that came out with their own original sound and style could still somehow manage to have each member bring their own particular flavor to said sound. While he did take a mentionable amount from other artists before him, particularly ODB and Biggie, Wu-Tang as a whole was a very original group from their size and message to their image and overall sound, and Deck did very little to take away from that. So that definitely sounds like a very solid write-up there for Inspector Deck, and aside from him having 19 albums registered, it looks like my prediction of Deck may be headed in the right direction for once, so let's break down the math here and see where he winds up. Lyrics he gets a 7.5. Like I spoke about, man, Deck was a very good lyricist. He was great at keeping a topic. He definitely had some dope lines. Like I said, there were times where there were some shortcuts and things like that, but again... Tremendous with multi-syllabic rhymes and using different rhyme schemes, and he did this consistently. This was not just something that he randomly did, that I'm like, oh, he showed the ability to do that. Multi-syllabic rhymes and rhyme schemes were very, very consistent with Deck. And I, I do want to point out that there were times where he would say this big word, or he would have this batch of syllables, and then he would rhyme the majority of them, but not all of them. So, I'm not trying to knock Deck here. Seven and a half, very good score, very good lyricist, Inspector Deck, no question. But I'm just trying to point out some of the reasons why he's not up in that eight or eight and a half department. There were some times, you know, like I said, some shortcuts, um, some times where it seemed like he was going to nail this huge multisyllabic rhyme, but he only wound up getting three out of five syllables rhymed or. You know, whatever the case was. Again, I'm not trying to nitpick. Very good lyricist, but I have to point out both sides of the fence and why somebody is at where they're at. So a very good score of 7.5 there in the lyrics department for Deck. Albums, he gets a 5.91 with 5 classics. And there's a couple of things I want to point out in this department. First of all, that's a great album score. Second of all, to get that high of an album score through 19 albums... Six of those being with Wu-Tang and eight of them being with another group entirely is extremely impressive. It shows so many different things. It shows your consistency. It shows your skill level. It shows the standard that you hold people to, like the people that you work with. You know, Deck doesn't really seem to work with too many shitty artists. So, you know, if you're going to be in a group with somebody, well, listen, if you're in a group with some great rappers, then... You guys are probably going to put out some great material. Now, I'm not saying that Deck is riding Wu-Tang's coattails or that Deck is riding Esoteric's coattails. I'm not saying that in any way because Deck gets a solid score of 7.5 here in the lyrics department. So, I'm just trying to point out that it's a combination here. We could have had a scenario where, and again, this is not to shit on ODB, who's one of my favorite Wu-Tang members, but... We could have had a scenario where Deck went and did, you know, some collaboration albums with somebody like ODB who got like a three or whatever it was lyrically, right? And then that probably might have pulled down that album score a bit there. I'm not saying that it would have tanked it because, again, he has a lot of albums that he was consistently very good on. But I'm just trying to make a point that I'm not saying he rode off of anyone's coattails, but the people that he was working with weren't really riding off of his either. They were joint projects and... Very good material, some of it being classic material. I guess a decent amount of it actually being classic material. Now, on top of that being a great score, and on top of it being extremely impressive because of the amount of material he has, 
He also picks up five extra points for five classic albums, which is obviously amazingly impressive. To score five classic albums is amazing. To pick up an extra five points, I mean, that's incredible. That's basically giving him an extra point in every category here. So that's major, major stuff there. So right off the bat, right, those five classic albums, that changes his lyric score to an eight and a half. That changes his album score to a 6.91. Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. That's how the math is going to work out. So that's a big five points there. On top of that, I also want to point out that on top of those five classic albums, another six of them were borderline classics. So while in this particular study, they didn't hit that official mark of 2.1, they were right there. And I've spoken about this before. It could be a very, very minuscule minor minor thing that could create the difference between a 2.0 and a 2.1 there so that's why i do go out of my way to call that a borderline classic i wouldn't argue it with anybody that called those albums classics and again let's just say for argument's sake here that i agree with you and those other six are classic albums that puts deck at 11 classic albums right there so again i'm standing here saying he had five but i'm telling you that i won't argue with somebody that says he had up to 11 you tell me every one of his albums were classics or he had 15 classic albums or something like that i'm gonna have to disagree with you and we can discuss but i'm i'm officially having him down as five here but again i wouldn't argue with somebody that said he had 11 so extremely impressive stuff there in both the lyrics and albums department there for inspector deck songs he gets a plus 2.0 we speak about this all the time plus or minus a full point starts to become significant he is plus two full points here, so that's very significant, obviously. So, tremendous score there in the songs department from Inspector Deck. Like I said, that came from him having a total of 188 registered songs. No weak songs, 37 great songs. That comes to 20% of Deck's overall material. You slide that decimal over one place and he gets a plus 2.0. So, again, very impressive stuff here on every department across the board from Deck. Impact, he gets a six and a half, and again, this is this is what I talk about with Wu-Tang, right? I mean, no, it's not a nine, it's not a nine and a half, it's not a ridiculous score, right? But it's still a well above average score for Impact, and this is coming from somebody who just told you earlier that Inspected Deck was, in my experience, growing up in Staten Island, I lived in Clifton for years, literally directly across the street from the Park Hill Projects. I used to take pictures all the time of the Wu-Tang wall, posted them on my Instagram, stuff like that. So I was around that scene heavily. And I'm just telling you, in my experience, Inspector Deck was hardly ever brought up to me. So, you know, if it weren't for Wu-Tang, this probably would be a much lower score. But again, I mean, what is the lowest bottom member, the least popular, least successful Wu-Tang member? What is he going to get? A five and a half at the lowest? You see what I'm saying? So it's like... Just being an original nine member of that group and doing what you did. It's one of the biggest, most successful, most impactful groups in hip-hop history. So again, being an original member of that group pretty much is automatically going to carry you to at least a slightly above average score in the impact department here. Not a big list of names here for Deck, but he did influence Cannabis. There were probably a couple of others that were borderline and maybe there are some more going forward. But it's just a couple of things to keep into consideration here. He is a part of one of the biggest, most impactful, most successful hip-hop groups of all time. He did have an influence on at least Cannabis, so it's not a lot of people, but it's a decent name and it is somebody. He did register 19 albums for scoring and 188 songs. So 
it's one of those things where, and I'm not saying this to knock ODB, I understand he passed early, but you have some guys where it's like they did the Wu-Tang thing, but they really weren't able to do much else, right? Not really the case here with Deck. Did he have the mainstream popularity and success that some of the other members had, especially on their solo works? No, definitely not. But he didn't allow that to shit on not only the quantity of his work, but the quality as well. So Deck still managed to put out a lot of work and still managed to put out a lot of quality work, regardless of the fact that he seems like he's probably one of, if not the most slept on Wu-Tang member that there is. So again, it's just a lot of things to keep into consideration, but I just want you guys to understand that, yes, that's a pretty good impact score, but compared to some of the other guys in Wu-Tang, it's more towards the bottom. And then originality, he gets a 7. And again, I'm going to say a very similar thing here, as I said, for the impact score. The same way that Wu-Tang was a very big, successful, impactful hip-hop group, they were also a very original hip-hop group. And I mean that in more ways than one. Their beats, their overall sound, the samples they use, the things they spoke about, the way they dressed, their slang, just everything about this group was very, very original. And I'll tell you right now, one of the most impressive things to me about Wu-Tang, aside from their movement, aside from what they were able to do, and also aside from the fact that lyrically and overall, pretty much every single one of them has been a very pleasant surprise to me and has pretty much proved my opinion of Wu-Tang to be completely wrong. But one of the most impressive things about the group to me has been the fact that this is a group with nine guys here, right? So to have a group that large, that's that original, right? At, at, at that point, it's like, okay, what else can they do? You know what I'm saying? It's like having a team full of all-stars and they lose. And it's like, well, they're not going to get any better. So what else can they do the next time around? You know what I'm saying? So for Wu-Tang, you have this very large group of nine people that come out, take the hip-hop scene by storm, have their own original sound and all this stuff, and then people start coming out. Method Man comes out, this one comes out, that one comes out, right? And it's like, all right, I mean, you know, we're up to five or six guys released. Like, what do these last three guys really have to offer that I haven't already heard? And I'm telling you, aside from Capadonna, every one of these guys was able to take that super original Wu-Tang sound and run with it in their own total direction and bring their own flavor to it. And that has been one of the most impressive things to me about not only the group as a whole, but all of its members individually, because that is certainly not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to be a nine-man group, period. It's definitely not easy to be that original, especially with that many different people. And on top of that, it is absolutely incredibly difficult to have all of those people then branch off, keep your original sound, while all managing to add their own different flavor to it. So, very impressive stuff there with originality as far as the group is concerned as a whole. And like I said, Inspected Deck didn't do all that much to add on to it, but he didn't do anything to take away from it either. So a good score of 7 in the originality department there for Inspected Deck. So you add all those six numbers up because you have the five extra points for the classic album. So you're going to add the lyric score, the album score, the five extra points for the classics, the song score, the impact score, and the originality score. You're going to add them up. You're going to divide by five because that's the amount of categories we have. 
That gives you a final rating of 6.78, putting Inspect a Deck in 11th place of 199 artists done overall. Yay! So first of all, that's obviously an incredible finish there for Inspect a Deck. That should easily land him inside of our top 25 overall when this is all said and done. And I have to point out another crazy thing. By the time I got almost halfway through Inspected Deck and realized how consistently good he was and was probably going to continue to be along with all the other things I figured were going to wind up getting high scores, I kept telling all my Method Man fans that I think Deck is really making a push to challenge Meth for a top 10 spot. Well, he lands directly behind Method Man in 11th place, so I'll say my prediction for Inspected Deck was 50-50. On one hand, I nailed not only that he was one of the best Wu-Tang members both lyrically and overall, but I nailed pretty much exactly where he was going to finish, kind of. And what I mean by that is, yes, after I had already done Method Man, I predicted Deck was going to be right up there with him, possibly even beat him, but before I did Method Man, I certainly did not have either of these two finishing inside the top 25. So I kind of expected Method Man to be lower and Deck to finish right around where he was. But obviously these blind guesses don't hold too much weight. As like I said, I had very little experience with Inspector Deck. And obviously when you start studying these people, you start to notice things. So I won't say I nailed this one, but I certainly did the best on my Inspector Deck pick as compared to all my other Wu-Tang predictions, that's for sure. So I just want to give a major shout out to Inspector Deck for an absolutely tremendous finish here. One of the top artists from Staten Island thus far, and we'll have to wait for future dates to see some of those lists implemented in the study, but I'm curious to see if Deck can hang on to a top spot for the next 30 years. He's going to be hard to top for sure, but for now, let's move on to You God, who, as I stated, also had his debut solo album out in 1999. His birth name is Lamont Jody Hawkins, also known as Golden Arms and Universal God. Born November 10th, 1970 in New York City, New York, United States. Origins listed as Staten Island, New York City, New York, United States. Genres listed as hip-hop. And his years active are listed as 1991 to present. So most of the birthplaces are just listed as New York City, but Staten Island is a part of New York City, so that's why they usually always written like that. So both of these guys here today, not only from Staten Island, but from a project building that I literally lived across the street from for years. So cool stuff covering both of these guys here, but... Let's check out some additional background info on you, God, and see if we can find anything else interesting. Lamont Jody Hawkins, born November 10th, 1970, better known as you, God, is an American rapper and member of the hip-hop collective Wu-Tang Clan. He has been with the group since its inception and is known for his deep voice and rhythmic flow that can alternate between gruff and smooth. Hawkins was born in Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York, and moved to Staten Island as a youth. He was originally a beatboxer for Capadonna and was friends with future members Method Man, Inspector Deck, and childhood friend of Raekwon. Sometime before the members united, Ugod was mentioned in rap by Capadonna. He soon became friends with RZA and Ghostface Killer, and he began rhyming under the alias Golden Arms based on the kung fu movie Kid with the Golden Arm. Later on, he changed his name to Ugod, which is short for his 5% nation religious name, Universal God Allah. So again, not too much there, but definitely some interesting facts that I was not aware of with him being a beatboxer for Capadonna and the reasoning behind his name and things like that. So 
Over the past four years or so, between this study and the Wu-Tang show and all the interviews I've watched and people I've spoken to and stuff like that, I have learned a tremendous amount about Wu-Tang and its members, and they really are an absolutely fascinating group for sure. But nonetheless, let's get into my write-up on You God and see how that reads. Being that I hardly had any Wu-Tang material in comparison to the body of work they put out, one probably wouldn't expect any of You God's solo projects to be in that small list, but upon revisiting his catalog, I definitely had one of his albums growing up. You God was very inconsistent from verse to verse and even bar to bar. While he was good with syllables and different rhyme schemes, he tended to get lost, ramble random words, and not rhyme sometimes. On top of that, he struggled with his flow sometimes and was very hit or miss with hooks. He also rhymed words just to rhyme words a lot and had some really bad bars. He was, however, good at keeping a topic throughout an entire song and finished just above average lyrically overall. Between himself and Wu-Tang, Golden Arms qualified 11 albums for scoring. All of those albums were good albums except two, one of which was great with the other being average. He registered 99 songs for scoring. Three of those 99 were great, another 26 were good, and only one was weak. I do need to point out that he was carried by some features to a decent portion of those numbers though. You God is not only one of the least popular Wu-Tang members, but also has one of the smallest bodies of work and is also one of the least successful and accomplished members. Keep in mind that that's not necessarily as bad as it sounds as Wu-Tang and its members are some of the most popular and most impactful artists in hip-hop history. Although he didn't have any clear visible influences on any other artists to date, he was and still is a part of that movement. We all know the original sound and style Wu-Tang brought to the hip-hop game, but Golden Arms was able to take that even a step further, adding his own flavor to the classic Wu-Tang sound. He had a very odd, abstract rhyme style, delivery, overall sound, and image for the most part, leaving no doubt of his uniqueness. So that definitely sounded like a bit of give and take in almost every department there for you, God. So let's get into the numbers here and see what we got. Lyrics, he gets a five and a half. And like I said, he was very, very inconsistent, man. Like I'm talking, you know, one verse dope, one verse really shitty, uh, a dope bar, a shitty bar after it. And when I say a shitty bar, there were so many different things that this guy did that were good and bad. He was kind of all over the place. I was very impressed with his multi-syllabic rhymes and his rhyme schemes and things like that. But, you know, sometimes he just rambled and didn't rhyme. So he, he'd have, you know, eight, ten syllables rhymed on two bars. Then the next two bars wouldn't rhyme. Then he would use a pretty good rhyme scheme. Then he would come back in the next two bars with, like, really bad lines. And it was just very, very inconsistent from you, God. But overall, I thought that he did enough, technically speaking, for the most part, to keep himself just above average lyrically. So he gets a five and a half in the lyrics department there. Albums, he gets a 4.35 with zero classics. Like I said, he had 11 albums, which, again, keep in mind, there are six Wu-Tang albums. So You God really only had five solo albums. But with certain people, like, I just expect certain Wu-Tang members to not have big catalogs and to just mostly have their Wu-Tang stuff. I don't know if I'm right about that at all. I don't know if there are any Wu-Tang members that have less than five solo albums, except for ODB, who obviously had his life cut short, but I'm not done with everybody just yet. We have one more member left in Master Killer, so I'm not sure exactly how many he has, but I'm just speaking on what my general opinion was going into some of these bottom guys. I did not expect some of these guys to have that much material. So 11 albums there for you, God. 
Nine of those 11 were good. He had one great and one average album. So pretty damn consistent there for you, God. And he gets a good album score of 4.35. Songs, he gets a plus 0.20. So he gets exactly a fifth of a point added to his score there, which that's a very low number. But again, he's gaining points where he could be losing points. We've had other people get zeros, other people lose points and things like that. So listen, man, if you could add to your score in any type of way, that's obviously a positive thing. Like I said, that came from having 99 songs. Three of them were great. Only one was weak. So you take the percentage of great songs and you minus the percentage of weak songs. That comes out to plus 2% in you God's favor there. You slide that decimal over and he gets a plus 0.20. Impact, he gets a 6. And again, I could just mostly say the same things here for Impact and Originality that I said for Inspector Deck Above. I mean, it's mostly what I'm going to say for most of these guys in Wu-Tang. Probably all of these guys in Wu-Tang, to be quite honest with you. Now, that's not to say that they're all going to get the same scores because certain guys did some very, very original things. Certain guys had a mediocre originality level, but, you know, mixed with the originality of Wu-Tang, it was still a very solid score. Some guys had poor originality when they went off on their own, but were still in Wu-Tang and still had that original Wu-Tang sound. So, again... What's the lowest a Wu-Tang member is really going to get in the originality department? Five and a half if they're very unoriginal on their solo material, which almost none of these guys have seemed to be so far. So again, same thing with the impact. You know, you got one of the, the lesser successful members, the lesser popular members, one of the smaller bodies of work. That's not to say that it's small. The guy still had 11 albums, but in comparison to some of the other members, that's a smaller body of work. So... You know, all those things taken into consideration, coupled with the fact that he didn't have any clear visible impacts on any other artist to date thus far. I think he gets an above average score of six in the impact department there. And again, that's mostly just brought to a six because of him being an original nine Wu-Tang member. You can never take that away from the guy. So, and originality, he gets a nine. Like I spoke about, this is, you have to understand that Wu-Tang was done as a group before eight of its nine original members, right? Jizza was the only one of the original nine members to have material out before Wu-Tang. So Wu-Tang's material was done before anybody's solo material was done and before most of those members' solo material was even started. So when I get into these guys, right? Their originality is already at like what? A seven, a seven and a half at least. Just for being in Wu-Tang, right? Maybe even higher than that. They're then going to either build or gain on that on their solo material depending on what they do. In this particular case, U-God was definitely able to add to that. He had a very odd abstract rhyme style. His delivery, his overall sound were the same. His image, same thing. Again... He wasn't somebody like totally ridiculous at a left field, was not an ODB. I want to be clear, ODB with the 10 there, the only person to score a 10 in any department in this study, but a very, very original artist here in more ways than one from you, God. So he gets a tremendous score of a nine in the originality department there. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five because that's the number of categories. That gives you a final rating of 5.01 which puts you got in 45th place of 199 artists done overall. So while that's not an astonishing finish, it's definitely a far cry from my prediction of bottom half for you got, and this should easily land him inside of our top 100 when this is all said and done. And again, 
Don't quote me on that. I'm just going by averages of the math here, but it doesn't look too bad for you, God, here at this current moment. So, shout-outs to you, God, for a solid finish here for sure. And fuck me once again for being completely wrong on another Wu-Tang member that I actually fucking listened to when I was younger. I don't know what the hell my deal was with these Wu-Tang members, whether I just... I mean, I guess I do know what my deal was. I, I wasn't giving a fair acknowledgement to their originality and stuff like that. And I wasn't giving a fair acknowledgement to some of their abstract rhyme styles and rhyme schemes and amount of syllables that some of these guys were rhyming and stuff like that. So I kind of know where I went wrong with them, but it's like, damn, man, it's, it's almost every fucking member that not only am I wrong, but I'm like almost dead wrong about, like I'm really off. So my apologies to Wu-Tang and all my Wu-Tang fans out there and probably the very high majority of Staten Island. I accept defeat. I was wrong about Wu-Tang, point blank, period. I mean, we're through eight of the nine original members here. Nine of the ten, if you want to count Capadonna as being one of the original members, which he kind of was, he kind of wasn't. We've spoke about it in his episode. He was supposed to be. Then he got sent to jail and Method Man took his place, so... You know, technically not one of the original nine members, but he is an official member, the quote-unquote tenth member, if you want to call him that, even though he was supposed to be one of the originals. But point that I'm trying to make is, at this point, we've gone through nine of ten overall Wu-Tang members, so even if Master Killer just absolutely tanks and is terrible, which I'm not saying he is or that he's going to be, it's not going to matter. At this point, it's it's abundantly clear that I was pretty much dead wrong about Wu-Tang. Now, again, do I think Top 100 is something that I should have constantly been hearing about these guys? No, maybe not. But they definitely didn't deserve some of the flack that I gave them, and they definitely finished a lot higher than I expected a lot of these guys to finish. So, again, shout-outs to Wu-Tang, and my apologies to all the Wu fans out there. So, as always, let's start off our list with our current Top 10% overall. In our top spot, we have Eminem, who's in first place of 199 artists done overall. Directly behind him in second is Jay-Z. Behind Jay is Big Pun, who's in third. Behind him in fourth is One Below of Binary Star. Behind him is Vinny Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks, who's in fifth. Directly behind Paz in sixth is AZ. Behind him is Big L, who's in seventh. Directly behind L in eighth is Nas. Behind him, we got Method Man, who's in ninth. Directly behind Meth in 10th, we now have Inspector Deck. Behind him is Cannabis, who's in 11th. Behind Biss in 12th is Black Thought of the Roots. Behind him is Killer Priest, who's in 13th. Behind Priest, we have a three-way tie for 14th place between Tupac, Biggie, and Jadakiss of the Locks. Behind them is DMX, who's in 17th. Directly behind D in a tie for 18th place is Pharaoh Monch and Jusselah of Jedi Mind Tricks. And then behind them, we have Talib Kweli, who's in 20th place of 199 artists done overall. So a couple of things here. First and foremost, obviously, we see Dex sliding into that 10th place spot there, as we spoke about that earlier. And that obviously not only slides everyone behind him back one space, but it once again knocks KRS-One off of this list. And this honestly irks me every time this happens, but... Like I said a couple of weeks back, KRS-One has come out with another album this year that I have not yet gotten a chance to score, but I surely will before year's end, and hopefully by the time we return in Season 3 for the new millennium, KRS-One has moved up and is back in our top 10% overall. I don't know that that will happen, but I'm a big KRS-One fan and I hope it does, but for now, he's officially out, so 
Now let's check out our top 10% lyrically so far. In our top spot, we have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. Behind him in second place is One Below of Binary Star with a lyrical score of 9. Behind them in a five-way tie for third place, we have Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, AZ, and Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. In a four-way tie for eighth place, we have Method Man, Jay-Z, Big Pun, and Cannabis, who all got lyrical scores of 8. In a seven-way tie for 12th place, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, Big L, Talib Kweli, Esoteric, and now Inspector Deck, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. And, and then in a nine-way tie for what is now our 19th and final spot on this list, we have KRS-One, Cool G Rap, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, Slug of Atmosphere, Jadakiss of the Locks, Killer Priest, Benefit, and Ludacris, who all got lyrical scores of 7. So Deck once again slides into a top list here, both overall and lyrically. And what's crazy about this to me is Deck is in a group called Zarface, as we touched upon briefly earlier. And he's in that group with Esoteric, who he landed in a dead tie with lyrically. So a very solid group there as both members currently in our top 10% lyrically so far. So shout outs to Deck, Esoteric, Zarface, and anyone else in that list. Now let's get into our particular decades list and see if anything changes there. We'll start off with our 80s decade. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. So no changes there again today. So now let's move on to our 90s decade. Your top 5 artists to come out in the 90s are Eminem, Jay-Z, Big Pun, One Below of Binary Star, and Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks. So, Inspector Deck able to crack our first two lists he's eligible for, but the third week here now where we haven't had anyone able to crack this 90s list, and there's only one more 90s episode after today. So, I'm excited to see how this final list winds up next week. Like I said, they're always subject to change, but these typically don't change much once we've completed the decades, but anything is possible, so we shall see going forward, but... For now, let's move on to our regional list. We're going to start off with our East Coast. Your top three artists to come out of the East Coast are Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York, Big Pun from the Bronx, New York, and Vinnie Paz of Jedi Mind Tricks from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Moving across to our West Coast, your top three artists to come out of the West Coast thus far are Tupac from Marin County, California, Razkaz from Carson, California, and Ice Cube from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the South so far are Benefit from Florida, Ludacris from Atlanta, Georgia, and Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Moving over to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Eminem from Detroit, Michigan, One Below of Binary Star from Pontiac, Michigan, and Proof from Detroit, Michigan. So again, two guys from the New York City area here, and like I said, at this point in the study, you're probably going to have to finish top five overall to even stand a chance at getting in that list, but major shout-outs to both Deck and Ugod and the entire Wu-Tang for really doing a solid job in this study overall, no doubt about that. Some interesting things there is we see that the West Coast, all three top spots are occupied by California, although all three different cities in California. And when we talk about our Midwest, all three of those spots in the Midwest also held down by Michigan, 
two out of three of them being Detroit, one being Pontiac. So interesting to see how California owns the West Coast right now. Michigan owns the Midwest right now. And yes, there are some different cities involved, but very, very similar stuff there on that West and Midwest. So I think those things are quite interesting. And I'll be interested to see going forward where they start to go as more artists come out and also where they finish. I mean, are we just going to have the West Coast be all California? Is the Midwest going to stay all Michigan? So I'm interested to see that stuff. But if you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. If you see that support button on that anchor page, please hit that for me. And that's going to do it for today's episode, man. Like I said, next week will not only be the last episode of Season 2, the 90s, but will be the last episode before we take our one-year break leading up to Season 3, the new millennium. So next week, on our final episode of both Season 2 and the 90s, We'll be covering Tech 9 and One Hit Wonder Cuckoo Cal. And I'm going to strongly recommend this not being an episode you guys choose to bypass. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes.